This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Another one. We the best. I'm out. Uh, cause you're like, oh yeah, you're the fucking beaver. Uh, you're like Coob, but worse. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. <laughs> you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Hey there everybody, this is Derek Johnson along with my co-host Joey Dangerously and Willie Duke. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Saturday morning as we record this. The Pac-12 Conference announced this week that there will be a change in format for the Conference Championship game starting this season. No longer will the winners of the North and South Divisions be playing against each other the championship will be determined by the teams with the top two records in conference. And personally, I think this is a good idea, uh, but we will very soon discuss uh, this with uh, my co-hosts here and see what they think. And then we'll conclude today's show by talking a little bit of recruiting. The key word there, I guess, is probably little because there's really not that much going on. Uh, Washington just beat out Jackson State for a walk-on quarterback, and anytime you can do that, of course, it's special. So... Willie, we'll start with you this week. And uh, what are your thoughts on the new uh, championship game format? Uh, I'm a bit torn on it because one thing I do Hmm. like about sports that I think is kind of cool that makes sports sports is shit that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Where it's like people who don't follow (laughs) sports. I like that about sports, especially college football, where people who don't, you know, follow it, like, why don't you do this? That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, that's just that's just the way sports is, and I kind of like that. And I like regionalism. I kind of like that, you know, the Pac-12 is spread out, and it is the team from the north versus the team from the south. But logistically, it is what makes the most sense. I mean, especially you had years there. I remember when they first did the conference championship, and the south was like so terrible. What it would be like? Uh, remember there was like a. Wasn't there like a five and seven UCLA team that played because USC was ineligible like in the very first very first one? Uh, yeah, so I think they sense. were five and nine. Yeah, they were like <laughs> they like had a losing record and they had to go play at Austin and it was like, yeah, if you can imagine like as much as anyone hates the Ducks, like if some fluke happened like their quarterback got hurt or something, they lost. And then like a six and eight UCLA team was going to play for the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Uh, in the Rose Bowl. So it, it prevents that, and it prevents, like, yeah, you could have a freak, like, uh, year where you just have some team, let, like, one division sucked, another didn't. So it was good to get rid of that, but I do kind of miss some of the idiosyncratic things about college sports and college football, uh, and I think that was one of them. So, uh, I mean, the big thing, too, is I think if they're not going to – if they're going to expand the playoff, I don't really like uh, – I don't love conference championship games anyways because they're kind of pointless to me. Like, if they, we end up with a – I'd rather just see a 16-team playoff and get rid of the conference championships anyways than, you know, keep having the conference championships where all this really does, which I put on the board this week, is like – especially in the Pac-12 where, like, you're really fighting to probably get the last spot anyways is like – it's one more landmine for a team that could make it to get fucked up. Like say last year, last year, like Utah, if they had one less loss and they were in contention for the last spot, it's like, okay, Utah, you beat Oregon, like what, like 49 to seven. And then guess what? Two weeks later, you got to beat Oregon again. Like why, why do we need to do that? Uh, most years I feel like, so, uh, I'm not complaining. It's just more good football. Uh, and I think that's really what we want at the end of the day. And, and until they make a bigger expansion of the playoff, we're just going to get one more game against 
good teams. And if you look back, the list you were talking about of, you know, what would have happened, I think it was like 2011, 2012, maybe 13, there would have been some games where it was a, an Oregon-Stanford rematch, and that would have been great for the conference. That would have been really entertaining to watch those games. Or, or the, the 2018 Apple Cup rematch a week later, could you imagine how how amazing that would have been? Uh, I assume that would have been in Vegas or in the Bay Area, probably the Bay Area, and yeah. it probably wouldn't have, it wouldn't have snowed unless, you know, those Husky boosters took their private jets down to Santa Clara and mixed up the mixed up the the clouds down there to give, you know, the Huskies an an give, take away the Cougars home field disadvantage. And yeah, 2011, 2012, 2015, all three of those years would have been Stanford, Oregon under the current format or the new format. Yeah, and those would have been better games what we got and would have been super interesting. I think would have, uh, uh, you know, actually made sure the best team got in. But, yeah, I think think it's overall better. But it's not completely like a slam dunk to me. I I do miss some of the – it's sports, so it doesn't have to make sense part of it. And I'll say then you have the 2020 season, which is the Rep the North season. Uh, which uh, was Oregon versus USC and should have been Washington versus USC. And uh, if Dougals is uh, listening right now and driving somewhere to a job site or whatever, he's probably cursing and banging his fists on the uh, <laughs> on the uh, whatever he called. Road. <laughs> I mean, I was it. deeply. I'll, I'll talk you out of it. <laughs> I was deeply offended and hurt by all that. Um, and he, he, Dougals was like, I think he took it 10 times worse than I did. So that was pretty bad. That was one of those, that was one of those things. I didn't even get outraged at it. It's like Mm. one of those things where you you just kind of nod and you're like, you're like, this is so, uh, this is so, it's so, I don't even know how to, antiquated like offensive and stupid and tone deaf and ridiculous that you just kind of nod to yourself like like oh my god (laughs) what and some of our listeners may not know what i'm talking about but when i say when i say rep the north that was when washington withdrew because of some covid thing with the offensive line instead of you know instead of lobbying with the conference to try to delay it a week or something and, and maintain a, a Washington-USC conference game championship, we just bowed out and handed it to Oregon. And then both Jen Cohen and Jimmy Lake said, rep the North, make us proud, and all that thing. So that's that's what was meant by rep the North. Yeah, that was the end of the end of the end for me, not the beginning of the end. Like, I feel like – at that time, we had come back, and again, we, uh, you know, we didn't know it was going to happen in 2020, and the Huskies at least, you know, they, they had some momentum, and I don't think recruiting had completely tanked at that point, and uh, Oregon, I think they'd lost a couple games in a row, looked really bad. Uh, their momentum was kind of sinking, into the, <laughs> it was like, okay, uh, we're going to go, we're going to backdoor into a conference championship game. Fuck, we might be, you know, we might be playing in a, a big time bowl game again if things go right. Uh, and then the fucking program just completely not only laid over, but laid over and let the program that is like totally psychotically ru- out to ruin them take their spot at a time where I can't, I think they were still recruiting. It was like, I think at that point, JT Tumala was still like, his recruiting was still going on and like Oregon and Washington were like seen as like, you know, right there with Ohio State. And then it was like, you're just literally going to let them go and uh, go to a BCS bowl possibly, which they did, and you're not going to play and you can't figure it out. And then you're like, well, the Pac-12, like, how do you not work with the Pac-12 to make that happen, especially given where your program is? I mean, it all worked out. The Huskies didn't get to play, so they got to get a participation <laughs> sticker for COVID heroes. And Oregon got to go play – Iowa State and Matt Campbell and get prison raped by another fucking team that sucks. <laughs> and then no one, and then somehow everyone still 
the, the idiots that don't actually watch college football still talked about them like they're fucking great or like cool uh, while they're getting clown stomped by a bunch of fucking farm farm hits from fucking Iowa on that on, on national TV. So it all worked out perfectly. Uh, and now uh, we fast forward. We fast forward to 2022, <laughs> and Jen Cohen is saying we've got to fill that stadium. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Are right. you, yeah. Are you insane? <laughs> you, I mean, come on. All, yeah. all while telling you they're not they're not going to play with, with every other team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't say, hey, we're going to go down to the Pac-12 championship game. Pac-12, if you don't change it, we're going to not get off the field like those fucking vegan protesters at a Timberwolves game. We're going we're gonna to fucking <laughs> strap ourselves to the goalpost in Santa Clara and not let Oregon play in this fucking game. <laughs> That's what you do. The fans should have done it. We should have been like those vegan protesters and gotten fucking beat up yeah. by security guards and been like, this is bullshit. Or be, be like the hardcore Husky Dirty does it or yeah. something. Yeah, it'd be like, we're not letting you lay down for COVID and for Oregon. And, you know, it's another, that wasn't like, it's just one of the many drops in the bucket in the last few years of like this fucking administration does not care. And I know we were talking about trying possibly not to go ranting against the administration, but I mean, we can't talk about, we can't talk about the conference championship game without talking about the time. Oh yeah. Remember when Washington made it and then they fucking didn't play and let their fucking rival who is like teetering on the edge of if they lose momentum, people will remember that they're like a farm school in Southern Oregon. But if they keep this momentum, uh, they're going to continue to fucking just slaughter everybody and then let them go and win. Yeah, we got to talk about that, I guess. You know, and I'll just say this, and, uh, you know, if Mike Lude, who's been gone from the AD spot now for, what, 30 years or whatever, um, but the thing, the point is, is that he was like the president of the National Association of Athletic Directors. I mean, um, you know, it was a big deal in that regard. And if we had a situation like 2020 come around, he would be like openly lobbying to the media and to the conference. Would we, uh, you know, this is a special situation. Uh, you know, uh, all kinds of uh, considerations have to be made here. We need another week or we need another 10 days to be healthy to feel the team. It's only appropriate because our guys have gone three and one and uh, they've won the North and they deserve the chance to play in this game, and by God, I'm going to fight and make sure that they can get it. And even if he's saying this knowing that there's, that the, you know, the, the, the Larry Scott, the commissioner, had already told him there's no chance, Mike, or something, you still come out and you show fight, you know? And, and we just, I, <laughs> right before we started recording, as you were talking a second ago, Willie, about you were alluding to it, as we were talking about, you know, we need to be more positive with our podcast. Then we go like Never, six yeah. minutes into the show and we're just ranting and raving about how stupid our administration is again. But what are you going to do? <laughs> all, all roads just end at bitching about the administration. Yeah, and that's yeah, too perfect to not even like try. Again, this is also the same thing I always talk about where like we remind all of us at like our you know day jobs of like if you were in that situation where you're like, shit, you're like, you get situations like that all the time at work where you're like, I know I can't pull this off or I know we're fucked, but I have to at least to my boss and to other people at the company and like pretend like I'm going to attempt this or attempt this. You can't just be like, well, it's not going to work. Like, and again, Washington, you have people in these jobs who are super coveted jobs, super competitive. Like I tried at one point to like, just work in communications departments at colleges. And they're like, yeah, good luck. That's like almost as hard as trying to make the NFL. And these people are in these fucking positions and they're just like, well, you know, they're, they're, they're working in a way that wouldn't work if you worked at fucking Burger King, like you get your fucking ass fired. Yeah. And you're like, well, we can't, yeah. fix the, we can't fix the burner today uh, all weekend uh, on a holiday weekend uh, when we're going to be super busy in summer. Uh, but I'm not going to try because uh, I don't know. Well, McDonald's is next door. People can go there. <laughs> they'll, that'll be rep cool. the north. Yeah, rep, yeah, rep the north. Rep, rep go McDonald's. McDonald's. Go. <laughs> yeah, go. Uh, and then McDonald's is gonna put a fucking sign up that says "fuck you" uh, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, it's I'd just love like to they'll eat. have to say, 
One of my favorite moments from the podcast was probably maybe about four episodes ago, Joey, where you were talking about how, you know, the common perception is that, uh, you know, the the WSU Cougars or the Oregon Ducks are the ones that hate us, but in truth, the ones that hate us the most are the Oregon State Beavers. And, and you were saying, like, Husky fans will be, like, rooting for the Beavs and the Copper Bowl, and we're always saying, you know, go get them, and we're rooting for you stuff. And then you say the Beaver fans come up to Seattle and, fuck you, fucking Huskies. <laughs> I can't duplicate what you did, but... <laughs> Oh, they That's hate all us. Take, yeah, <laughs> they absolutely hate us. We like the worst, the worst uh, fan, the worst, um, you know, rival fan we've had sitting near us was that uh, was the season at CenturyLink Field or whatever or whatever it's called now, Lumen Field. Uh, yeah, two thousand five. Yeah. No, no, two thousand twelve. It was twelve. Two thousand twelve. Oh, wait, I was thinking there. of the Tyrone Willingham game against the Air Force. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. No, it, was a, it, was a, it was a Beaver fan, and uh, the guy looked just like Perez Hilton. You guys can Google it while you're listening. <laughs> he looked just like Perez Hilton, and uh, he was fucking obno- he was obnoxious the whole fucking game. And, uh, like, even uh, uh, Jordan Poyer downs a punt for the Beavers. All he does is down a punt at, like, the 13-yard line. And uh, he, this guy gets up, and he's like, Boyer, Boyer, Boyer. And we're like, you're chanting a guy just downing a punt? That was <laughs> – this guy was so bad. And then, uh, yeah, they lost on that um, – didn't Timu, like uh, – didn't he get an interception and in, like, Danny Shelton had an illegal crackback block. Oh no! Wait. So no, the last drive, I think, uh, I think Washington could have gotten away with a. They got away with like a pi or something on the last play. But, anyways, we like kind of looked down to talk some shit to the guy, and he's like, he's like crawling out of this his seat because he does he wants to avoid us, you know, talking a bunch of shit to him. <laughs> that, that that guy was the most obnoxious. A few months ago, almost, we had my wife almost sorry, got in a fight with some some Beaver fans in 2010 because they were uh, talking shit about Locker. He kind of limped off the field or something, and they were saying some like you know some derogatory homosexual comments towards Jake Locker. And my wife was. Property to fight three beaver fans in the middle of the stadium. You know, the first time uh, I ever went, before it was called Research Stadium, it was uh, Parker Stadium in in Corvallis. And I was 13 years old, the first time I ever went down there. And um, so that would have been 1984, and the Huskies won 19-7, to and it was the game where uh, Jimmy Rogers blocked a punt with his throat that set up a touchdown when we were uh, on the – we were barely hanging on, and then that gave us a 12-point lead. But uh, but my point to bringing this up was that um, – so I'm 13 years old. I'd been to Autzen at that point, but I'd never been to the, to the Beavers' home field. And it was like um, – I think, you know, the Beavers stopped us on first down, stopped us on second down, and it's like third and six or whatever. And all of a sudden there's a chainsaw sound going on the intercom, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> so that was that was weird. So that's my story. So, uh, <laughs> Please clap. Oh, got, got a look hey, that was the the beaver chain something. Is my dad? Uh, my dad is actually obsessed with beavers, the animal, and on his house, there's like a a large colony of beavers that live uh, in the lake where he lives, and he on Facebook puts reports when he hears them every night. It's very detailed. Uh, it's a big hit up here in Skagit County. Uh, so he's very I thought your dad lived in the... Belltown. No, he does not live. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he moved out of, uh, he, you know, moved out of uh, Magnolia. He moved out of Medina uh, to go to Clear Lake, Washington. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how, how, how it happened, you know? No, but he, uh, so he's obsessed with that beaver thing. I remember 
when I was a kid, we used to go whenever they played at Husky played at Oregon State, go to the game because it was a nice road trip with the family, and you could walk right up by by a I assume like an eight dollar ticket to the fifty yard line. Uh, I remember we were playing the Beavers, and the Beavers were kind of in the game. This is like the mid nineties, and they got like a an interception, I think, or I think they just got a big pass. Like there was a blown coverage. And the beaver guy was like, he was about to run for a touchdown, and then he just fumbled for no reason. I don't think anyone touched him, and he just fumbled, and the Huskies recovered. And some like old hapless beaver fans just turned around to us and was just like, hey, that's beaver's, beaver football. And so that sums up <laughs> the old school beaver football. All. We're like, what year we was that? that sto- it had to be like 95, 90. It was mid 90s because I was really little. And I remember that, and I remember being like, fuck, the beavers are in this game. The. You know, the 12,000 people that were there were fired up, and they get blown coverage, and it's like, oh, shit, that's a touchdown. And the guy, for, like, no reason, just, like, spazzes and fumbles, and then it goes back to a Husky who's, like, trailing the play. And then the guy's just like, yeah, we uh, – that's people football. Like, we have no we have no hope. And then, like, the next time we went down, the Beavers, like, the week before had played at USC when USC was good, and – USC got up by, like, 30, and then they put the backups in, and the Beavers cut it to, like, a 10-point game late. Uh, and so the the local radio was just greased up. The Huskies were coming in. The Huskies were still pretty good. And, you know, like the prediction show, you got you got fans. You have a radio guy, Dead Series, were, like, calling the Beavers to win. And it was, like, the Huskies literally were up, like, 52 to 3 at halftime. <laughs> it was, like, so funny. Oh, that, that was the 99. It was 45 to nothing yeah. at halftime. Yeah, it was 45 to nothing at halftime. <laughs> and we were all just sitting there like, yeah, the radio, we were listening to the local radio driving into the driving in from, like, the, the coast, and we're like, shit, these guys are fucking fired up because they lost to USC, like, 45 to 35 the week before. And it was <laughs> 45 to zero at fucking halftime. And we were like, well, feeling pretty good about ourselves this week. <laughs> <laughs> that was a game, though, that it was in the second quarter, and Tui, uh, Marcus Tui Asasopo, he ran option right, and he started going upfield, and then the um, a, a Beaver linebacker closed in to make a tackle, and Marcus is, Marcus is going down. He's, like, basically horizontal to the field, and he just kind of flips the ball over his shoulder to Willie Hurst, who then goes about 60 yards for a touchdown. It was like one of those – do you guys remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was there. I remember that. That was like, yeah, yeah. you know, one of the – the Huskies have had a few of those against the Beavers, even when the Beavers were kind of good in, like, the Stark years, I think early Peterson, where everything just went right. Uh, like, there was, like, those Stark year ones, too, where, you know, I think the Beavers might have even been favored, and then, like, the Huskies won, like, 63 to, like, 23 or something, like, a few times in a row. Uh, 2013. Yeah. Just yeah, like 2013. 2013 game, right, Kim? <laughs> I was gonna just—I was gonna make that comment. Because <laughs> Kev was—he was a cock on the walk that week. That, yeah, that, he, oh, he, yeah. he, <laughs> that is one of those games I, I've uh, gone back and watched on YouTube because it's, you know, kind of fun to watch. But yeah, I mean that's just—I think that stuff with the Beavers is like the testament to why. To me, going back to the sports doesn't always make sense of, like, you know, a lot of those Beaver teams were actually pretty decent and those Husky teams were even. But over the years, the Huskies still seem to have, like, a a mystique against the Beavers. So you're like, the Beavers have to be way better than the Huskies to, like, win, where it's, like, the same thing with, like, the Huskies in Oregon now where it's, like, it's just something gets in the fucking universe and gets in your head of the whole program, and it's, like, the Huskies have the Beavers number. Like, it's going to take, like – it's going to take a lot for the Beavers to even get to get a win like they did last year or ever get like a blowout, which I think I can only remember like one Beaver blowout. So I I don't know if our schedule was to get deep into Husky Beaver, the Husky Beaver rivalry, but here we are. (laughs) Well, I've always said that I knew that uh, Husky football, that that there was no going back that things changed. It was when in 2001, uh, we went down to Corvallis and we got beat 49 to 24 and it was really, really bad. It was as bad that, as the score yeah. indicates. And it's like, that's this, a, something's not right here. That's a low-key game of, like, yeah, when things officially turn. Because there's much more, like, there's, like, Nevada or, uh, like, a bunch of really going 0-12. But that was, like, the game where, 
And he had the Lambright years where they got blown out by, like, Nebraska and Notre Dame and shit like that. But I think that was, like, the time you're, like – and that Beaver team was, like, 5-7 and seven that year. They came into that game, like, they yeah. were, like, 4 like four and 7, and they just fucking blew out the Huskies, uh, who actually were what? They were actually pretty good, too. They were, like uh, – they went to the Holiday Bowl that year, and it was just, like, yeah, that happened. Uh, but it was yeah. before the prison rape against Miami. Yeah, which you know, it's so, understand that one's always been understandable to me to to an extent. Uh, eh. Not even to an extent, but I mean that's like might be the best team in college football history. Uh, they were on the road; they had nothing to play for. Again, I'm not excusing it. I think, uh, and that was a weird game too, where like, what were they down? They were down like 14 to zero, or it was like it was bad, but they were still playing and. They got, like, first and goal at the one and couldn't get in because Rich Alexis, like, kept running into, like, <laughs> running into where the holes weren't. Uh, and then from there, it was just it exploded from there. But it was, like, later in that game than you remember where they were, like, okay, like, they got a little momentum here. But then, yeah, Rich Alexis was just, like, on, like, four tries from the one, he ran to the wrong hole four times. <laughs> or Pickett might have fumbled a snap, too. But yeah, we're getting really deep into <laughs> Well, they put it to you this way, though. Yeah, but I I always felt like that our weakest link by far. I mean, a lot of things went wrong, and and we we would lose that game ten times out of ten. I'm not claiming we would win, but um, but Cody Pickett was really a weak link in that game in various ways. And New um, Eisel said on the radio like probably a year ago that he didn't even want to play that game. He knew yeah. like, he could look at his team like the week leading up to it and he's like, They they're not they're not ready to go down there and win this game. Like but they, he, I, he didn't want if to Marcus, play Marcus if everything was the same but Marcus Tuyasopo was the quarterback and this might either sound like a smart comment or a stupid comment, I don't know. But instead of losing sixty-five to seven, I think it's probably like a thirty-five to seventeen game, something like that. It wouldn't have been yeah. like an epic ass raping uh, that it was. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's also an interesting game. That was a game I think everyone forgets was postponed because of nine eleven. It would have been super interesting right, right. to see to see which God thinking of an old college football schedules. Would that mean they were going to play? Their schedule was to play Michigan at home, and then play at Miami the next week. I think that which is thinking now is like so insane, but was like normal back then. Like, uh, I think it was, that, and yeah, yeah. That that '08 schedule was really interesting, though. Didn't we play? We played Oklahoma yeah. and Notre Dame, I think, that year. BYU. Did we play Notre Dame the, that year? Yeah, they played. Yeah. BYU was the like uh, they opened like at Oregon. <laughs> They opened at Oregon uh, and then played BYU in the, like, locker personal foul right. and extra point game. But, yeah, their non-conference schedule was, like, with Oklahoma, <laughs> uh, Notre Dame, and BYU. And then the year before they played, it was, like, Boise State, Ohio State, Hawaii. The year mm. Hawaii went, like, 13-0. Uh, Boise State, I think, was like uh, went, like, 12-2 and in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State. And Ohio State, obviously, with Ohio, I think, went to the national championship. Uh, and that was, like, their non-conference schedule that year and the year before. Yeah. And, and Joey, we, we will get to your thoughts on the conference yeah, uh, format yeah. thing as well. But, but yeah, first, I want, do a, I want to do a deep on dive on Kent State football. <laughs> <laughs> I want to analyze every game of Don James's first year as head coach at Kent State. Then we'll get to that, Okay. Um, Sounds good. I was, but I was going to say one other thing, and now it's out of my head because I had to make that stupid joke. Um, oh, damn it. Come on. i give myself five more seconds here. We were talking schedule. Oh, 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 because I burst out laughing, Willie, when you said BYU, because that was the Jake Locker where he had the um, – he had that uh, Mary Tyler Moore moment where he threw the football up in the air in celebration and he gets the flag. On the touchdown, yeah, and then we got the fifteen-yard penalty, and then we go to kick the extra point, and it's blocked. That was it. Yep. <laughs> so bad. 
So, anyways, I wanted to explain to the listeners why I was bursting out laughing by you merely saying BYU because that all of a sudden I could picture Jake Locker hurling the ball into the air with boyful glee, and then uh, here comes the flag, and we were all booing, and that was no you know, good. You know the um, uh, the the whole conference thing and uh people talk about um you can't go to a 16 team tournament or whatever you you uh you i i it's one of my pet peeves when you they hear you hear that comment like oh the regular season won't matter anymore so i i kind of go back to uh remember that comment of how you know, well, when the Huskies run at the ball 25 times, they win the game or whatever, and it's just – it's really a <laughs> stupid comment because, yeah, like uh, like I think it was it was Hugh Millen ranting about it, like, okay, so the first 25 plays will just run the ball and then it's an automatic win. We'll just head to the locker room. <laughs> uh, it's really a stupid comment, you know, like, oh, okay, so the regular season won't matter. So the Huskies at 0-12 – We'll walk right into the tournament, <laughs> and they'll be in the tournament because regular season doesn't matter anymore, right? So we should just never go to the game, and that that'll be it. We'll just we we're fine. We're in the tournament automatically. It's one of those stupid, good. stupid talking points. I I hate. I don't know why I thought of it, but you know. No. What what are your thoughts though on the uh, what are your thoughts though on the on the on the new format for the conference championship game? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really like. It is what it is. It it doesn't really like move the needle for me. I uh, I I like what the I think is the ACC went to like. You know, you have to you play three conference rivals or whatever. You pick like your three rivals, and then you play five one year, and then you play five the next year. I kind of like that how they did that. Um, uh, you know, hopefully the I, was that part of the Pac-12 little realignment thing, or have they just are they just going to go straight like? There's just 12 teams, and I, like, how how are they going with the scheduling? Is the scheduling the same or what? I I haven't read anything to that end. I don't know. Yeah, I can't I can't find anything on how the scheduling is. But if they're d- doing away with the divisions, then yeah, I don't I, I don't know how they're gonna uh, how they're gonna go about that. I'm I'm guessing that like. You know the California schools will all play each other every year if they did something like that, and then the Northwest schools, and then the um, the four desert mountain schools or whatever would play all the time. Um, I I miss playing USC on a regular basis. I'll say that. Well, if we went to a format like the the ACC has, we play USC every other year, which, you know, would be better than what we have now because you play, you know, UCLA. um, We play UCLA this year, and then we play USC two years in a row. Um, I I mean, I I always like the the zipper format that people throw out there too. I mean, because that benefits us. We we play Oregon and USC every year. Uh, or wait, maybe UCLA was in our side. I can't remember, but yeah, I'd rather play USC than UCLA because I fucking every time we play UCLA, something some goofy shit happens. So. Well, you know, and it's like Colorado and Utah have been in the league for a decade now, right? And it's like they still feel like they don't fully belong to me. Right. I still feel like, what's Colorado doing here? Well, it's but it's like been a decade with, now. Uh, yeah, well, it's like that with uh, 
I, there's just these weird, like Nebraska shouldn't be in the Big Ten. That's weird. That is weird. You know, Nebraska, Nebraska. I, I mean, I grew up in Nebraska playing Colorado. You know, or, you know that was like a, that was like a big, big game. I like to watch. You know, on a Saturday morning. Absolutely. Yeah, before the Huskies started or something, you know, that was a big game. and it's, That feels weird to me. I mean, even, uh, I mean, even like Rutgers and Maryland in the Big Ten, like even, even their fans say that, that was like a stupid move by them to do that. Well, West yeah. Virginia in the Big 12. Yeah, Missouri in the SEC, like it makes zero sense. But that's how bad uh, – that's how bad Texas, like Texas, ruined the Big Twelve or whatever. They, um, that those teams that Missouri, Missouri and Nebraska wanted to leave, in Colorado, I guess. So that's how bad they they couldn't stand Texas. And by the way, you're right, Perez. Yeah. Perez Hilton has a face you just want to. Slap or punch or something. Well, I like Perez Hilton. I don't like his his uh, doppelganger from Corvallis. <laughs> if you're if you're listening, if you're listening, likely no. Probably and, uh, by, not. But by the way, in in 2009, I I am almost certain. Uh, Preston sat in front of us at Husky Stadium, the Oregon fan. <laughs> and, pe- oh, and people it- wanted to, and people wanted to kill him. I'm, I'm, I'm probably eighty percent on on if it was him, but I'm because it was a little kid, and it's about the age, the age. Uh, time frame is about the same. Is is probably, you know, right there and it looks kind of like him. So, I'm pretty sure I sat by Preston in Husky Stadium. One of my dreams as uh, you know, administrator of uh Hardcore Husky was I wanted to get I made multiple attempts to get Preston to register and then I <laughs> wanted him and Pup to go at it. <laughs> Preston versus Pup. That would have been good if they're if they were both like really pissed off at the other. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> so, well, do you guys want to transition to some hot recruiting talk? That's roll, sure. yeah. Uh, you guys can take it away. I mean, I know that we <laughs> we we beat out Deion Sanders for a, ba- a walk on quarterback out of Oregon. Nice. Um, yeah, I wasn't joking when I, on the board when I said, like, I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, when I saw the guys, like, other offers and who was considering, like, oh, that must be who their quarterback is for the next class. <laughs> but I was relieved to be like, oh, okay, uh, preferred walk-on. Yeah. You know, even in the in the Willingham years, we, we were never beating out the Jackson States of the world. It was – we would lose the – it would be Arizona and Texas Tech or something. Yeah, you know, and no, I got some four-star guys. So it was uh, it was Luther Leonard we beat out uh, Idaho State. <laughs> Luther Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> Luther <laughs> Leonard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a good thing we don't need to go too deep into. But I know me, Joey, and <laughs> our fr- our friends have been into the the mystery of Husky football recruiting right now where it's like okay they're not they're not competing with Ohio State and 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 even out west Oregon and USC because Oregon and USC are writing blank checks and that's what they're doing but why are they not competing with like Cal and UCLA and Arizona Arizona places like does Arizona have like uh fucking some billionaire we don't know of who just is signing guys off or Jed Fish like you know, is Jed Fish just like an ace recruiter? Uh, that makes no sense to me, and I do not know. It does not bode well for the staff to me. That's like I assume those programs outside of Oregon and USC, who in the Pac-12 
is, you know, has this, has a great NIL program that makes it like, I feel like the Huskies aren't even competing against like the Beeve and the Cougars in Colorado. It's like, no, it's weird. It's very strange. We, and like, yeah. We beat out somebody. Wasn't it all? You guys would know better than me, but didn't we beat out some linebacker recently that tra- uh, he transferred from UAB or something? Yeah, he UAB, and he was he was going to go to Central Florida, and now he's coming to Washington. Uh, I mean, the transfer. I will say the transfer pool to recruiting is a little bit better than the high school recruiting because the high school recruiting is just mystifying. Like they're not even like, uh, you know, let Joey step in here. But yeah, high school recruiting like that. Tra- the the UAB transfer guy at least he's like. He seems solid. I mean, he's a guy who, in our friend group, I'm like, well, if they would have got this guy in 2019, everything could have been different. If they would have just got, you know, a guy who's like a proven uh, Division One fucking linebacker or two in 2019, they probably would have uh, fucking won the Pac-12. Uh, but now they can do that when it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the, – the high school recruiting is still mystifying. Yeah, uh, well, you know, you brought up that uh, that point like a week ago when we were we were talking about um, talking about the Huskies and what a you know what whatever dinner we were at maybe it was Mother's Day or something and you were like you were like your dad uh, buys your dad buys ten tickets owns uh, businesses or whatever. And doesn't get any no phone calls no no emails uh, from the program about you know anything he can provide for NIL or anything and you know you were talking about like are they even reaching out to any of their season ticket holders you know how can they provide you know and, and if they're not reaching out to him he's been a season ticket holder for. 40 years or whatever like if they're not reaching out to him on what he can do to help you know that's a that's a really bad and lazy effort yeah I uh my thing is just like same thing any job I'm like if that, if that was my job I would simply be like here's an excel sheet to a fucking admin and be like of all our season ticket holders google all of these fucking people and see if yes. they're in businesses because you have people yes, like my yes, dad, yes. He's, not, he's not Dempsey, but he would fucking throw easy money and be like, uh, and, and he's one guy of how many tens of thousands who I'm sure are like him who are like small to medium business owners who love the program. And if they're like, hey, we're trying to sign this kid away from Oregon, uh, do you want to, can you help out? He would do it in a fucking second. But they're like, that's so easy. And they... Clearly, they're not doing that. Like, yeah, like, obviously, you go to your big-time guys, but how are you not going to the medium and the small guys and say, hey, uh, you know, it seems like what they're doing anyway is are these drinky-dink, like, things where guys are getting $2,000, $3,000 anyway. I'm like, I, fuck, I would throw in some money. But, I mean, yeah, how is that not happening? How are you not just going on an Excel sheet of all your season ticket holders and being like, this guy owns a construction company. This guy owns a fucking staffing company in fucking Everett. Like this guy does this, or this woman does this to, you know, make sure I'm covering both sides and be like, call them <laughs> up. See if they'll throw fucking $5,000 into the pool for, uh, you know, uh, Aston Cozart or some fucking four-star receiver. They probably will. I don't know how they, maybe they don't want to get busted, even though Oregon and Texas A&M are not going to get busted. So it's just, Again, shit like that that's just fucking 101, like, like how, how do you recruit 101, and they're clearly not doing it. Well, and I, I remember uh, uh, I had a – Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joy. Well, I, I mean, I can't give out, like I, – I don't want to give out, like, a ton of, like, you know, information or whatever, but it's like, you know, Willie Duke's dad is, like um, – helping promote, you know, an event next weekend on Memorial Day weekend. And if, like, the athletic department, you would just simply reach out to him 
he he would gladly write a check to a you know a kid um to help him promote this event and just to be there you know just to he would gladly write the check just to have the kid listen to him tell stories or something for you know one night you know like i mean people can dm me if you know they want to know what what this is all about cuz yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten approval by Wooly Duke Senior to to promote his event, you know, on a pod on a podcast. So, you know. Do we have a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, well, potentially, potentially. If we uh, and, uh, then do I meet uh, Wooly Duke just, Senior I'm at a just... Chinese restaurant and he insists on facing the door because someone's trying to kill him? I'll just I'll just say if there's any uh if there's any quote unquote gearheads on the board they could uh they could D, they could DM me and I may potentially be able to hook them up with some free tickets to this event. So <laughs> but, And by the way for anybody anybody out there listening that uh, just for the reference uh Hardcore Husky's first sponsor we used to have somebody uh and it, their ad said repo 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 and it was basically it wasn't basically it was a bounty hunter guy and uh when i met him i met him at a chinese restaurant and i went to sit down he said no no no, i need to sit there and he needed to face the door because somebody was trying to kill him so um, ab- <laughs> so that was, he, <laughs> are you sure are you sure it was that woolly dude are you sure it wasn't woolly dude senior because that is that is like I gotta face the door. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I well, it's honestly God true can't. story. There, it's not a joke. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then he was he was a uh, hundred dollars a month there for a while, but about six months, but or one fifty was one funny. of those. But 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 um, but I mean that's that's the thing. It's like you you could have there's there's stuff going around all over, you know, like, uh, you know, have you called, have you, we just had the, you know, the stupid, you know, tulip festival up here. Like, have you called around and said like, Hey, you know, is there any, anybody willing to have our, you know, our players up here to, you know, help promote or whatever, help, you know, sign some autographs or something. I, I mean, I, you know, we don't have like, some huge name player right now. I mean, who would who would it be? Probably ZTF or something right now on the uh, team. Or Sam Heward, the bat, the third string quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sam Heward. I mean, I don't even know why I'm laughing because it's not funny, but it is funny that our uh, I don't know our third hey, string quarterback uh, is leading leading the charge for no no you no, endorsements. No, you bring you bring Cam Cleland with somebody else in in Skagit County or something, you know. Like, yeah, Whatcom Whatcom County, you have Jake Walker with Michael Penix, you know. I, I, Lawyer I mean, Malloy in Tacoma. Yeah, I'm ju- I'm just some some uh, you know high school graduate jabroni from Skagit County, and I can think of little little things like that, you know, like. The fact they haven't reached out to, you know, I I buy, you know, a charter bus parking pass, you know, for for all of us every year. That I haven't, I, I don't get an email on, you know, I don't get any emails on, you know, how how to, uh, you know, what I can provide or whatever. You know, I I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. Because that's what and I'll Texas say that A&M assuredly is doing, like. A&M is not going to, you know, Phil Knight or Bill Gates. I think they're going to a bunch of fucking hicks, uh, old white hicks who want to fucking be a, a real football program. And that's what it takes, yeah. you know, trying a little bit fucking harder. And I know they're doing all the things we're talking about, but it's a telltale sign of, again, going back to like the, the, the nine to five job thing where you're like, you know, the people who do like, the bare minimum to get by. Yeah. And it's the easy thing for them to set up a football camp with these guys or set up an autograph thing, like at some football camp in Seattle, but like that anyone can do that. Like, how are you not, 
like going crazy on this right now. And I'm sure there's probably also logistics of like them doing it by the book so far. Uh, and they give you a bunch of COVID bullshit. Yeah, COVID. We can't. Uh, but yeah, they give you a bunch of uh, COVID. They would. Oh, uh, they would. I, I'm sure they already have. I'm sure they're already doing that. You know, all the people have been writing that for two years now plus. Of uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a complete indictment of them not trying. But I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I know Derek, you're not a huge recruiting follower, and me and Joey, we're used, we used to be pretty deep, but I feel like. Like so many things with the program, we've been pushed away just by a complete lack of anything to follow. Uh, but it did get like this week they got like a four-star receiver out of Pittsburgh, California, who looks like a guy yeah. they actually had to beat out some teams for. So there is some hope that like there are that they can grab a handful of you know Pac-12 fucking recruits, or you know higher-level Pac-12 recruits this year. It seems like. So there is some hope because there for a while there, and it isn't just one one guy, but for a while there, I was kind of like, it's just going to be like they're going to take a bunch of mid-level Mountain West guys, uh, and they're going to take maybe a, they'll get maybe a few local guys who kind of fell off, who kind of fell off like that Will Latu guy, uh, and they took another guy like that who were like early four stars, but. Clearly, they kind of got dropped down the, the ladder and they ended up in Washington because that was like their best committable offer. So maybe there's hope that they can get this going with this guy. His name is like, I can't remember what his name is. He's from you know the East Bay area. Uh, so there is some positivity, though. <laughs> there was this receiver, Ashton Kozart, who I think he was in Puyallup or something, and he's like a really, really good recruit. And he loved Washington. He grew up here. Then he moved to Texas, like, I think his junior year of high school. And he still was, like, really wanted Washington to recruit him. And, like, Washington was not offering him. It took a long time. And he committed to Texas. And now he's, like, visiting Oregon. And now predicted to flip to Oregon. And you're like, how can you not get this guy? Like, how mm-hmm. are you going to allow this guy to go to live in <clears throat> southern Oregon for four to five years? And he's from the Puget Sound. Uh I assume just because you can't pay money for it, which I, I think that might be what it came down to, which, you know, I like to, uh, I like to throw out, you know, uh, to our Husky audience. I know we have a few duck listeners, but to all the people crowing about Dan Lanning being this amazing recruiter, you are basically a guy who hires hookers and then acts like he's fucking them. Like, seriously, dude, like, <laughs> like oh, he's an amazing recruiter. It's like, yeah, no shit. Like you're paying for fucking, you're paying for pussy, dude. Like, yeah, that's not uh, that. That doesn't mean anything. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and, and I'll say this too: that um, ten to fifteen years ago, um, in that stretch of time, uh, uh, Mike Lude and I uh, occasionally would get together for breakfast at his favorite spot, which was Denny's in downtown Bellevue, <laughs> um, and and. Uh, I remember him telling me that um, he was talking about his Husky Fever uh, campaign in the um, late 70s, and I might have gone into the early 80s. I can't remember. but And he said, because his, his first year was Don James' second year, so so Mike Lude got there in 1976 as athletic director of Washington, and then, uh, of course, the next year was Rose Bowl. And Mike Lude, oh, he was very quick to say that the, the number one thing that enabled him to be able to generate so much revenue for the athletic department, of course, was going to Pasadena that second year. But bolstering that and undergirding that is that he had that Husky fever program. And I don't remember all the details that he told me, but I remember him talking about part of it was reaching out to businesses in the community, getting that sense of community rallied up and all on board. One-on-one, like one of you was saying a few minutes ago, um, there's a history of that. And um, it just seems so easy to at least try. Well... I wouldn't be surprised if there is an elitism element to it, which kind of permeates through everything fucking Washington and Seattle now where they don't want to call up. They might think it's beneath them to call up, you know, someone who owns a construction company or someone who's like a a VP at like a, you know, like a finance firm or something because that feels like wrong to them. They want to, 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's like beneath uh beneath, you know, they they like, well, we can't be calling up like random like, you know, small business owners and stuff like that. Like that's just not like that's just not like, you know, that's that's not us or they don't they'd feel weird about it, but it's like I don't know. That's what you guys. We're not gonna. So we're much. not gonna be in that lane. You don't want us in that lane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, like they don't want to call up. Yeah, they don't want to call up someone who, you know, they probably feel is beneath them. Is like, oh, I, uh, University of Washington. Like, uh, we don't want to call up people. Yeah. So uh, we don't want to call guy up some guy. That, some guy that flies an American flag and has a, has yeah. a black lab. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. So, well, as we start to wrap up, is there anything else uh, that, um, that you guys want to talk about or any topics you want to touch on? Uh, yeah, hey, uh, Fog Hat, Slow Ride. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, shout out to the hey. knowledge. It, it is it is one of the you know the greatest you know probably one of the greatest rock songs ever written. But stop calling them a southern rock band. They're from England. <laughs> Are they really? Yeah. No, oh, I don't know that yeah, much about them. They're an English rock band. So well, but slow ride, good. Good song. Fool for the City, not not that great. But Slow Ride, good tune. Good rocking tune. Do you think that's enough to hold the knowledge for a while, or does he need more content? <laughs> <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be, because the, it's a really shallow catalog. <laughs> no deep dives into Fog Hat. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's we see to, here. We don't, need to, we don't need to get too deep in the music, but you know, it's fitting because I was in college. I was in a, a band called Whiskey Tan, and everyone thought we were a southern rock band, but we were very much not. So uh, it was very confusing. <laughs> you can't find any of our music online, so uh, don't go looking for it. <laughs> well, you know, we were we we were uh, given Rodman's Rage a little PR last week, some free pub. You ever want to dig up your old demo tape? I'm looking through all the posts here from uh, when I put out the call, and it's mostly just people talking back and forth, but really no, no real comments here that I can see. Uh, what, what do you guys, what do you guys think about uh, Hayes Swerve heel turn? <laughs> Wait, say that again. What do you think about Hayes? Heel turn. Being the the uh, salty crotchety grump of the of the uh, negative grump of the boards lately. <laughs> oh, he's he's got a as a as my grandma would say if she was still alive that he's got a, a burr under his saddle. So, well. He he uh, he's moving towards the heel and and like Race Bannon's becoming the the greatest anti-hero in Husky fan history. <laughs> I thought there was another question in this thread. Uh, I know this is not good listening for people that are out there listening, but. Well, my my cousin Tony had a question. He uh, he lives in Boston. Um, so he's, he's the, he's the one listener we have from, from Boston, I think. <laughs> uh, we had a question about the receiver, Rash, you know, what is it? Rashid or Rashad Williams? Um, but we, we covered that. Oh, it was, it was, Hey, he had this thing about, uh, if the new conference championship game rules were in place starting in 2011, would that year's champion be a different team in any year? And we kind of already touched upon that, even though we didn't go through it year for year. But um, but let me go. Uh, I'll just say this real quickly because I did do notes on this. The would have been different in 2011. 
whereas we said earlier it would have been Stanford versus Oregon instead of UCLA and Oregon in 2012, it would have once again been Stanford versus Oregon instead of Stanford versus UCLA. In 2015, it would have been Stanford versus Oregon instead of Stanford versus USC. 2018, as Willie said about an hour ago, it would have been a rematch of the Apple Cup instead of Washington versus Utah. And then we spent about 40 minutes bitching about the Rep the North season of 2020. And those are the years. Every other year, every other year was uh, it would have been the same matchup. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, so I guess the one if we're trying to end this on a positive note, this episode, uh, we've got a four-star wide receiver out of California. Uh, we beat out Deion, Deion Sanders for a recruit. Um. And we're just hoping that we can uh, catch some lightning in a bottle this fall and win 10 games, and then somehow that's going to translate into a, a big recruiting season for next year. That's that's my worldview if I'm trying to be as positive and optimistic as possible. Pretty much, yeah. I got nothing else to add on that. Well, if, the, if the offense can score points, which it should, there's there's plenty of wins on the schedule. Yeah. Plenty of And now we so. smash cut to September, and it's Washington facing fourth <laughs> and 14, the game on the line against Kent State. They've got to convert this first down, or it's over. <laughs> uh, well, much. hey, I'll say, I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I'll say this to all the pussies that are scared of Oregon. If Bo Nix wins that job, that's not a good sign for Oregon. Because they've got uh, they've got the two greatest quarterback recruits, you know, sitting behind them. The great Ty Thompson, the greatest quarterback recruit ever, possibly third string. So it's not a good sign for Oregon. Well, we've got a five star quarterback at third string. Yeah, but he's he's not he's not anointed as like this. You know, he's only anointed locally as being great you know it's not touche it's not talked about all over the west coast you know by by uh you know do you know e-duck isn't talking about sam heward being the greatest ever you know like duke man is <laughs> you know pump, pumping up ty thompson or something you know or <laughs> you know or panay sewell the greatest left tackle in the history of college football moved to right tackle Thank you. Um, yeah, it, you know, uh, the the other rival websites aren't talking up uh, aren't talking up our players. So, yeah, that's anyway, a bad sign. <laughs> if Bo Nix win, Bo Nix is not that good. So if, if if he wins that job, that's that's not a good sign for them. You know, that's like. You know Anthony Brown winning, you know winning the job for Oregon. It was like that was not gonna that was not gonna turn out well, and it and it didn't really. They they managed to win by running the ball, but you know they had no they had no passing game with him. You know it'd so. be great. It'd be great if Michael Penix stays healthy all year, and he basically uh, carries the team in the way that Marcus did uh, in two thousand. Yeah. And and that would be because you take Marcus away from that team and we're probably 6 and 6 or something. So um you know, you never know. He's got the athleticism. He he could, you know, you never know. You could take us to 10 wins with good coaching and confidence and staying healthy and the people around him catching the ball and what was that whole thing that Shepard was saying about uh your mama works for FedEx don't be like her and go take the ball and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I've got hope. I've got hope in penance, man. So I've got hope there. So all I wonder right. now well, if, I gotta, if they're out I there. I got to jump, guys. Okay. All right. So you just – and we'll wrap up in 30 seconds here, but just hoping that our listeners out there, Sea Fetters, Nacho Lover, Mike Damone, The Knowledge, Rodman's Rage, 
uh, et cetera. You know, hopefully we we're positive enough at the end of this that they're about ready to run through a wall now. So, hell yeah, kids in cages, dogs, dogs <laughs> in cages, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll talk again in All a right. bit. Yep. See All you right. later. Hey, see ya. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...